0: bank levies, and stop collection calls with our proven program. Call Zero Debt in 90 days now, 800-477-9256, and ask for free information from an expert who also completed our program. 800-477-9256, or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com. 800-477-9256, or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com.
1: You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Galaxy 13, Channel 16, Audio 7.70 And worldwide on the Internet at FirstAmendmentRadio.com
2: Good morning everyone welcome to keys to the kingdom i'm paul and i'm in wisconsin and i bet you're running wondering right about now where's brother gregory today well he's had the opportunity to be a guest on a different uh radio show and so he's over on the republic broadcasting network with positively unconstitutional with phil pozdorak um if you want to go listen to him right now is at republicbroadcasting.org however if you want to stick around we're having a bit of an experiment today with Keys of the Kingdom. I'm here with a couple other ministers, and we're, we're doing a number of new things. This is our first attempt at a conference. This is our first attempt at doing First Amendment radio via Skype. So uh, please bear with any technical difficulties we might, we might run into, but I think it looks like everything's going proper. If you can hear us, that's a good sign. So I'm here today with Rick from uh eastern oregon and he's got a congregation of record up on the east side of oregon and so rick uh want to say something about yourself
3: uh <clears throat> good morning brother paul good morning well, I' in chime in this morning here and let everyone know uh we're located down in the very southeastern corner of eastern oregon and we have a just a small scattered congregation of record kind of doing the work of the, the kingdom. Yeah. We're, uh, we're just glad to be part of this uh, experiment this
2: morning. Well, we're glad to have you. And also joining us is Brother Jeff from South Carolina.
4: Yeah. Hello, folks. Good morning, Paul and Rick. Good to be with you this morning. It's a, a good day to praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And maybe a little bit about ourselves over here. We also have a congregation of record and uh by the charlotte area in the carolinas and uh again it's a little scattered but um you know we're doing the work of the lord the best we we can here and just uh you know trying to operate and function in faith hope and charity as we've been you know talking about for many many years and actually as we uh also talk a lot about not it's not just about talking it's about walking <laughs> and that's what we're trying to uh to uh, do over here in the Carolinas, so it's uh it's a it's quite a journey and it's really really good to be here this morning with you gentlemen well i think we got a good uh group
2: of guys here and if there's some more that happen to be able to contact me on skype and would like to join in send me a text and i'll see if i can conference you in at the same time but for now um i think we all agreed that we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare today And that has to do, of course, with the adversary that we call the devil or Satan, or sometimes even described as appearing as an angel of light. We know that he is the most subtle, and he's got very subtle ways of tickling your ears and saying what you want to hear. You know that he's an expert at deception, and that's led to a strong delusion among the whole world pretty much these days. And we know he's also an expert at causing division. Mm. So uh I'll I'll leave it at
4: that for now and who wants to chime in. Well I could share a few things. When I was praying this morning and also last night, because um uh, we're in a war regardless if we realize it or not. And what brother Paul talked about, um he you know, the enemy, our adversary, the enemy of our soul is uh the word says there in second Corinthians that he you know he appears to be Uh, even an angel of light so he's very subtle the bible also refers to him as the father of lies um, the adversary and so we need to be very very aware and there's one thing i picked up a while back and i believe it's a truism and a defeated christian is one who forgets they're in a war and he's so subtle even in the areas of uh you know ways that we're thinking and um and i just bring that over to you know, Second Corinthians, Paul, there very clearly in um, the 10th chapter and the 3rd verse, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. And then verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we, there's this thing about imaginations and there's thoughts. Um, even in Ephesians six, it talks about you know um, how the enemy will will launch flaming arrows or flaming missiles at you, and it talks about putting on the full armor of God. But this is really going on, and I know that personally. Just to bring a little transparency here, um, even the ones who who may be you know, allegedly the most spiritual among us uh, are, not, are not exempt to um, harassments um, or oppression. And so we just need to be very, very aware in the realms of our emotions and the realms of how we think. Um, circumstances, you know, I mean, I woke up this morning just uh, case in point and uh, getting ready for the show. And, uh, you know, I'm on a little, little ranch here and, and the... Uh, the goats are gone. They broke out the pen, you know, and they're over, you know, and there's this one uh, neighbor I have who's not uh, as amiable as maybe I would like, um, and where'd the goats go? They're over in his yard. So it's mm-hmm. like even things like that, we have a choice. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and buy into that and allow, uh, like with me, um, very clearly I have this choice. I could be frustrated or irritated, or I can go ahead and address that. I mean, even simple things like that and saying no uh, come into alignment in the realms of the flesh. It talks about in uh, you know Galatians 6, it talks about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. So we uh, we have these choices. And if we do choose to operate in the fruit of the flesh, I do believe this and also have experienced it over the years. You know, as a minister uh, working a lot with people in healing and deliverance, is um, the enemy will gravitate towards those works of the flesh and uh, so not only we're dealing with the issue of maybe fear or an issue of pride or an issue um, of uh, whatever may be greed, but those are also, um, I believe, uh, dark areas of the soul that attract demonic uh, influences. So we've got to constantly be on guard. Um, that's why the Bible says that um, in, I think, I think it's like 2 Timothy 3, it talks about be sober. Be vigilant, um, for your enemy the devil is out like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. The talks about says, but resist him, standing strong in the faith. So I wanted to bring it to the table today because even the little goat is one issue. But even over the last um, weeks and months, especially going down this um, you know, this road here, Paul and Rick, um, as you guys may, may bear testimony... It uh, has some resistance to it, you know. It's not, it's not the common path. It is, the, it is the, the road less traveled. And we call it, uh, according to Matthew 7, I believe it is, the narrow way. Um, the narrow gate, as the Bible says. Um, and folks that are listening can go ahead and uh, read that over in the 7th chapter of Matthew. It talks about a broad way and a narrow way. But when we choose a narrow way, um, which leads a life, the Bible says, um, there's going to be some uh, resistance. And uh, we were also, I believe, last night when we were talking, gentlemen, um, I thought it was, uh, we're, we're, I think, over in the Corinthians, whatever, it talks about Paul himself. Um, he testified that, uh, behold, there's opened unto me uh, an effectual door. But there's many adversaries. So I wanted to bring that out there because if, if the folks that are listening and and even us as the ministers here, if we're dealing with some things, some resistance, it's not just um, merely circumstances, not just merely our flesh. But There's also another dynamic. Um, it's a war, and there is an enemy of our soul who does want to trip us up, who does want to deceive, who does want us to make decisions that are contrary to the kingdom. And, uh, and that's why it says there in, in 2 Timothy about um, the value and the power of our faith. So that's a few little things I wanted to um, share initially. Anybody else want to chime in uh, along those lines? Um, well,
3: you know, one thing I'd like to, to mention to the folks out there, and I, and I know that probably we've all experienced it, and it, it does fit in with uh, Brother Jeff's topic here in, in terms of spiritual warfare, and that is, I know in my early experience with the the churches that, that I fellowshiped at in my early days, a lot of times people would have this idea that if something uh, was not going real well in your life, that, uh, you know, you had unconfessed sin or something like that was going on. And that seemed to be a pretty predominant uh, feeling. And I just want to let folks know that, you know, many times, as Brother Jeff is explaining here, uh, sometimes it can be attacks from the enemy for sure, but secondly, we need to remember that our Lord himself told us that he was attacked for no reason and he warned us that if we follow him in truth and in spirit, we will likewise be attacked and come under some problems. So, you know, I think these are some of the things we, we need to bear in mind as, as we continue our walk and realize that uh, we have the victory over these problems. It's already been done.
2: Those are good points. Um, it's important to realize, and one of the keys to the kingdom, if you will, one of the keys that, is a, that we have to recognize is a lot of times these these spiritual things are something that we latch on to and we internalize them and we get wrapped up in, in these feelings or these issues that would be better left if we could let go of them. And it says in Revelation even, um, that these things, the, the, if the time were not shortened, the very elect would be deceived. And if we want to be, um, grow in the spirit and let the spirit live inside us, we gotta let go of some of these issues that, that are maybe, uh, t- tangential to where we're trying to get to. And let the spirit come in and fill us
3: amen I agree.
4: amen yeah i um we also need to understand, like there in uh you know matthew eleven twelve you know the Lord himself um explained that, and I'll read this in verse twelve um for those who are listening, if you want to get your Bible out, might do a little Bible study this uh this morning here, but it uh the word says there in Matthew eleven twelve, and from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And and so there was clear warning. I mean, if you look at even John the Baptist, because of the message of the kingdom, um, he actually had his head cut off. Um if that's not some resistance, <laughs> I mean the Lord himself not only um the enemy took him up to a high place, known as the Temptation of Christ. Um, I mean, the enemy was there to to tempt and and, but Christ Himself said, "It is written, it is written, it is written." And if you read that, um, you know, study that out. And uh, He resisted Him with the Word, not just um, you know emotional fortitude or you know um, uh, the arm of the flesh. He resisted the enemy with the word, and the Bible says, and the devil went out from him looking for an opportune time. <laughs> so the enemy is always looking for an opportune time uh, to try to ex- to exploit us, and that's what happens. I really believe this, That uh, and how I explain this to, to people in the past is, see, the devil is a creature of darkness. He lurks in the shadows. If there is areas of darkness in our heart, I believe this. He has literally legal rights to oppress an area of darkness. If it's like an area of pride in our lives, an area of unforgiveness in our lives, an area of greed, or all the things that are contrary to the kingdom. And I believe this um, even from the very beginning when the Lord cursed the serpent. And the curse was that you will slither on your belly and you'll eat the dust of the earth. And so interesting. look at that earth. We are earthen vessels. And so the areas that are flesh, the areas that are contrary to the spirit, I believe the enemy actually has legal access to devour or to eat those areas. And so our job, as the Bible says, is those who walk in the spirit... Will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, and and that's kind of how um, I look at it. Even even practically, because very very important for us. That's why the Bible says also, his you know the Lord's mercies are new every morning. We need to come to the Lord new every morning. What does that mean? Um, with humility um, in the light, uh, the Bible talks about you know God resists the proud. You know, but he gives grace to the humble. So I believe, as a principle, all the folks that are listening, um, what I do to have a victorious day, if you will, because the Bible says he always causes the triumph in Christ. And that's the key, is being in Christ, not in the flesh. And so how do we get in Christ today? And number one, when we wake up, I believe it's really, really imperative to come into alignment in light and say, Lord, any area of my heart that is contrary to you, any area in my heart that um, is wayward or if there's hindrances in me because of decisions I've made or because of any sort of demonic uh, influences, handle that first thing in the morning. And how do you handle it? Uh, the Bible talks about in, I believe, it's the 18th chapter of Proverbs, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and those who love its fruit shall eat of it. The Lord has given us our mouths, um, our decree, the power of our words. And that's why we could curse ourselves, or we can bless ourselves. We curse others, or we can bless others. That's why it says in James uh, about our, mouth, uh, our mouths being, um, it says, there's a fountain, have uh, bitter and sweet waters come out of the same fountain. And, and, and he talks a lot about our mouths and uh, and even our mouths being like a rudder of a ship um, or a bit in a horse's mouth. You can go ahead and lead it. And so use your mouths to decree blessing over yourself and your family. Use your mouth to renounce that there's something going on around in the realms of fear. I'm getting real practical here. In, in the realms of fear, and we'll use that as an example, because fear is gripping people throughout the land. In, in the realms of the economy, in the realms of uh, uh, health, um, just kind of instability all around us. And we could use our mouths as a rudder of a ship for our own lives to bring it into the kingdom. And what does that mean? It means this: that we say, you know, we will line up with the kingdom of God. We will. Um, we will embrace the righteousness of the kingdom. We will walk in holiness and begin to decree those things over ourselves. We will walk in love and we begin to command our own soul. And this is, again, really, really practical. It's not not spooky. It just really is powerful when you understand the power of words. Um, And then also there's things that are oppressing you, like this fear. What I do is I say, Fear, I rebuke you and I renounce you all the influences of the demonic behind that fear, I will not be manipulated by you. And I began to denounce and to rebuke. And then I began to say, I close the door to those influences. And uh, I plead the blood of Yeshua, which cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. So those are some of the practical things that I've been employing in my life. And then one by one, if it's an area of pride or an area of um, doubt and unbelief, an area of uh, lack and poverty. We literally could speak to these mountains as the um, as the Lord commanded in the Gospels. He said, "If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could speak to this mountain be uh, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it shall be done." And and there's mountains in our lives. I call those the hindrances, those things that are uh, blocking us from walking the kingdom lifestyle. Um, and the same thing with the areas of wounding and abuses. If there's been wounding's and there's been abuses in your life, you can see to that. You know th- those situations in your heart, because every one of us been through some hard times. Every one of us had opportunity. If you've lived, you know, more than two minutes, that there's a lot of darkness that that can buffet you and, and abuse you. But we don't have to make wrong decisions uh, when other people um, do things that are contrary to the nature in the kingdom of God. Um, we can actually release forgiveness. we can say father no i 'm not going to walk in bitterness here i 'm going to walk uh in the peace, the shalom of God. It just kind of go you know goes further and further there, but uh, again, to go back to matthew eleven twelve and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force and so what i s what I hear uh in in that word there is there 's got to be a, a a standing in us. There's got to be a tenacity in us. There's got to be a spiritual violence in us that I don't negotiate with the devil. I don't negotiate with anything contrary to the kingdom of God. I will not come in the federation with anything that the that the devil offers, even his seductions. You know, because he's a master at seduction. He's an angel of life, it says in Second Corinthians 11. And so we have to use our mouths and we have to be committed I'm going to use the big C word, <laughs> commitment. It is so important to be committed to this journey because there's going to be some resistance. But know that the Bible says He always causes us to triumph in Christ. So we got to be in Christ. We can't intellectualize, this gentleman and uh, the listening audience. We can't um, we can't make this happen by the arm of the flesh. The Bible says not by might nor by power. But by my spirit says the Lord, and so we have to and Paul was saying something earlier, I believe we were talking last night, Paul, and you talked about um, you know we have to do it by the spirit we really have to walk in the spirit and uh, and, and it, that seems like spooky sometimes to us or a real ethereal or it's kind of out there in the ozone uh, you know layer it really isn't it's just making um, it's making practical decisions moment by moment that bear the nature of the kingdom. And we will, once we bear the nature of the kingdom, which is uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, it is love, peace, and joy, goodness, and kindness, and faithfulness, and long-suffering, temperance, Um, some of these wonderful attributes of the kingdom and the spirit. Um, And so not negotiating with the enemy to, I call it, dropping your fruit. And what that means is, uh, for instance, if you drop your patience, um, just pick it back up again. Because I don't want to walk in the fruit of the flesh, which the enemy has access—legal access, I will say—to oppress our lives, which is wrath, which is um, greed and avarice, and um, you know all the sorts, you know lusts, and and uh, and there's so many things that are that are acts and, and works of the flesh that bring a gaping breach into your life into your family. You know, things um, of pride and um, and anger, and, and Gregory talks a lot about that. You know, we've we got to really hold our hearts and not allow the anger to come in because those, again, uh, bring a potential, not always, but a potential breach that the enemy can come in and oppress our lives. So I feel like I wanted to bring this out because I've been feeling that the heat has been turned up um, in these latter days, if I can say that. And if any of you out there in the listening audience have been feeling like there's been, you know, the heat turned up in your life, please do not feel alone. Um, I think we're all kind of going through that. But we must band together. We must come in the light. We must expose what's really going on. And that's the reason why I feel it's important to to talk about these matters instead of just not talking about it. Because the Bible um, talks about it um, consistently throughout the Bible. Um, it is spoken to by the messiah to uh you know through the epistles so um on that note um i will yield the floor glory to god
2: i think we've got like less than a minute left before we go to commercial but i'd like to hear what rick has to say when we come back
0: First on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net. Around the world and on satellite. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1 800 375 4188 or visit Discount Listen to Financial Survival with your host Melody Sederstrom and regular guest world renowned economist Robert Chapman right here on First Amendment Radio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit Discount Gold or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at one eight hundred three seventy five forty one eighty eight. 375 4188 toll free, 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South.
1: Was it the Civil War, or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call... 559-781-3773 five five nine seven eight one three seven seven three. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I saved my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then, you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering, as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at firstamendmentradio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products.
2: welcome back to keys of the kingdom i'm paul in wisconsin i'm here with brother rick in oregon and brother jeff in south carolina we're talking a little bit today about um, spiritual warfare and before the break jeff got into a good discussion on exactly how the how the enemy has legal access to us and that, that was an interesting discussion on his and about how important it is what goes what comes out of our mouth and how it can influence our spirit at the time. And Christ himself talked about how it is the things that come out of the mouth that corrupt us, not what goes in. But I wanted to hear uh, Rick's response on what Jeff was saying too, so I'll give the floor to Rick.
3: Okay. But, uh thank you, Brother Paul. Um listening, listening to uh, brother Jeff uh kind of the tail in there, talking about uh, people feeling the, the, the heat turned up a bit, if you will, kind of brought to remembrance a, uh, a little written thing that I've had in my Bible cover for actually for years. And uh, I know it really ministers to me occasionally uh, in, in times when uh, you do feel that turning up of the heat, if you will. Uh, so if, uh, if it's okay, I'd like to just read this to the listening audience. In hopes that it does uh, minister to someone out there. Would uh, that be okay, Paul? Yeah, please do. Okay, this, uh, we start out with verse, uh, Malachi 3 3, where it says, He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. And the, the little story I have here begins. This verse puzzled some women in a Bible study, and they wondered what this statement meant. About the character and nature of God. One of the women offered to find out the process of refining silver and get back to the group at their next Bible study. So that week, the woman called the silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the actual process of refining silver. And as she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest so as to burn away all of the impurities and leave only pure silver remaining. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that said, He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eye on the silver the entire time that it was in the fire. If the silver was left just a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, Well, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? The silversmith smiled at her and answered, Oh, that's very easy. I know when I see my image in it. So today, if you're feeling the heat of the fire, you know, just remember that God has his eye on will keep watching you until he sees his image. And I think, you know, sometimes during periods of, of uncomfortable things in our lives and spiritual oppression, I think maybe we should kind of remember this little story because I I think it's very, very fitting and very applicable to to all of us at times. It? It's just something we should uh, bear in mind. And I'd also like to remind everyone uh, of... The verse in Luke chapter 10 verse 19 where it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. So, just, you know, for each of us to have that confidence that we do have the power over, over these um, yeah. things of demonic oppression and so forth. Uh, I think we should
2: just remember these things. Yeah, I like that illustration. That's good. It reminds me of something that Brother Gregory likes to say, too. He's, he he thinks that God is talking to each and every one of us all the time, and all we got to do is you know make a quiet time to open our ears and our hearts and listen. And when we can start to hear that still small voice inside us and recognize it, that we, we will see some of this fruition come to pass.
3: I I agree, and it's interesting you bring that up, because I I remember a few years back, my own mother had,
4: Must definitely have a hearing ear, I believe, and, and I think your story is, um, is is right on mark, Rick, because uh, that is—I mean, everything we're talking about. There's a lot of different dynamics here, like different facets to a diamond. And um, at the end of the day, the Bible does say, "He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus." So we know that we are His workmanship uh, created for good works, meaning that he's working on us. He's chiseling on us. We're on the potter's will. And this thing about spiritual warfare and, and, and to go back to the issue of, uh, the enemy having legal access, um, and also being eat the dust of the earth, if you are, I call it the, the dirt or the, 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 the earth or the flesh of our own lives. I believe this, um, that he is really in the pawn, he's really a pawn in the hands of the Lord, because the enemy is given legal access to areas that are contrary to the kingdom. Why? That we in this refiner's fire, this this, this refinement process, is a Lord wants to see the reflection of His Son in us, and this is really unfortunate, but it's the truth. Trials and tribulation and refinement is how he gets his nature and his reflection. Um, I'll call it maybe the kingdom, um, you know, this, that, that, that kingdom um, lifestyle, if we can go there. Uh, he wants us to live kingdom, not just talk about it. And the enemy is there to um, identify areas of our flesh or areas where we have not repented, Areas where we are bitter, areas where we are unforgiving, areas where there is arrogance in our lives. And it's almost like when you're driving down the road and you have a check engine light. You don't go ahead and reach under the dashboard and pull the wire out. It would behoove you to go ahead and pull the car over and just kind of pop the hood and see what's going on here. If you need some oil, let's put some oil in the engine, not try to disconnect the wire. And that's kind of, in essence, what folks been doing for a long time, especially in Christianity, is uh, is they don't want to go to the roots um, issue. And the root issue is we have a nature that the Lord is trying to get a hold of. That's why it says in, the, you know, in um, uh, I believe it is uh, Galatians 2.20, uh, Paul talks about, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But as Christ lives in me, in the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And there's this, you know, there, there's this check engine light that will pop on saying, you know what, I have not crucified that nature. I have not buffeted my, um, my body daily, as Paul said, uh, because it will lead us contrary to the kingdom of God. And so it must be dealt with. So what What I'm saying is we've got to be very discerning. We've got to be very keen, um, very watchful, because there is a war on, regardless if we, if we believe it or not. A lot of people just try to go ahead and go to the psychiatrist or take some psychotropic drugs to pacify or to numb out. But there really is, I believe um, – a situation. If you're going through some things right now, pause. Seek the face of God. Bear your heart before Him in the light, as the Bible says in First John. I think it's one six in that area. It says, "Walk in the light as He is in the light." And it says, um, "We have fellowship." one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So why does the the Lord allow the enemy to have access? It really isn't that way. We allow the enemy to have access by having these strongholds, having these patterns, these cycles, ruts in the road, if you will, of behavior that's contrary to the kingdom. And the Lord will allow the enemy to oppress us in those areas. Why? Because he's mean? No, he's trying to cause us to repent. And unfortunately, people with our human nature, until we feel a level of discomfort, a level of um, dis-ease, if you will, um, we're not going to seek the face of God. And he wants us to come into life. He wants us to come into kingdom lifestyle. And so these are things that we need to be very keen and very discerning of Of what is really going on. But at the end of the day, the Lord just wants us to repent, lay these hindrances aside, because they're not life. They're not virtue. They're not what is good and righteous and wholesome. And that is the Father's heart. He wants all of us to come in to the tree of life. He wants us to feast on the bread of life. He wants us to come into the door of Where there is pasture, or the gate, which is Christ, and so I just wanted to come back to that because um, he's given us some keys of how to daily uh, live in this victory, and it's found in Ephesians six, and it says this because he talks about again war, and he says verse ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Didn't say be strong in your intellect. Didn't say be strong in your knowledge. He didn't say be strong in the ways of the world. He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that's very, very key because that's one of the number one things, and even Lucifer himself fell. And the Bible says there was iniquity found in his heart. What was that iniquity? It was that pride. It was that I'm going to be like God. I'm going to run the show here. You know what? In that same nature is in the very veins of humanity, and we have to constantly resist that and say, no, 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 I'm going to embrace humility, I'm going to embrace the brokenness and the tenderness of the Lord, because it's His power and His might that gives us the um, the victory. And it continues in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, not our armor, it's His armor. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the enemy is very crafty. He's very he's very deceptive. And he's he's throwing these wiles at us. But when we're in the Lord and we're not justifying behavior of the flesh or justifying our bondage or strongholds, we're coming clean before the Lord. We're walking in the light, we're embracing humility. All of a sudden the Lord dresses us up with this armor. And we're able to, with his armor, to stand. See, we're not called to be victims here. We're called to be victors. And see, because he says right here, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, brethren, we're not fighting with our wives. We're not fighting with our brothers and sisters. We're not even fighting with, with, with flesh and blood. We're not fighting with people. There is really, according to the scripture here, it says, we don't fight against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so if we're caught off guard, if we're not alert and keen, we can think, it's my brother who is my enemy, or it's my wife who is my enemy, or my children, or my father, you know, or my husband. No, we're not each other's enemies, but the enemy is a master at getting us to buy off on his program and come into alignment with him and to bear the nature of the flesh. He now has legal access to oppress us and even to use us to hurt and abuse others. That's why we see what we see in the world today. But we have the power if we simply repent And come into alignment with what he has promised, the Lord, and his nature. Because he says, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He talks about in 1 Corinthians 6, um, I think it's around verse 14 on. He says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things pass away, behold, all things are new. He's given us the access. He's given us the ability. He paid the price on the cross. He said, it is finished. I mean, the cross is enough. We've got to understand that there is power there, but we cannot justify our behavior as contrary to the kingdom. And so he goes on, and he says this, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Again, not our own armor. It's his armor, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, stand. That's that tenacity I was talking about. That's that non-negotiable. I don't negotiate with the devil. I don't negotiate with unforgiveness. I don't negotiate with bitterness. I don't negotiate with pride. I don't negotiate with fear. I don't negotiate with these things. I don't negotiate with poverty. I don't negotiate with strife and division and wrath. I don't negotiate with these things. You need to stand against it with the armor of God. And I'll just say this last thing here from the Scripture. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So one of our weaponry here is we've got to understand truth and walk in truth. Number two, having on the breastplate of righteousness. See, Christ is our righteousness, not our own righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah says. But it's his righteousness because of his blood and the cross that he, that he bore and was nailed to um, for the sins of the world. So the second uh, weaponry is righteousness of the Lord. And he said, um, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have, we're bearers of the gospel of the kingdom, I believe. It's a gospel of peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of torment and, and tumult all around us. You have the power and the ability by the ambassadorship of the kingdom to speak to the storm, to speak to those mountains, to bring the shalom peace of God. That is weaponry. It goes in above all. Taking the shield of faith. Our faith is so precious in the eyes of our Father. It's weaponry. we got to walk in faith. The Bible also says, I think the 11th chapter of um, Hebrews, it says, it's impossible to please God without faith. So do not underestimate the power of just believing your Father and His precious promises. It is a weapon. We need to understand these people. It's very, very important, brethren. To understand that we are in a war, but we are dressed up and equipped in the Lord if we choose to line up with his kingdom. And he says, above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Again, weaponry. We need to have our minds covered That he has paid the price. We believe the price he paid. And he has come to redeem us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We need to know that we know that we know. Not because of the arm of the flesh. Not because of how righteous we are in ourselves. It's because of the price and the work he has done. But it is a helmet. It is weaponry. And the enemy will try to accuse us and try to distract us from our standing in the salvation of what Christ um, purchased for us. It's weaponry. And it talks about, and it continues here, and it says this. It says, um, uh, "...and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." And so I just really feel very strong in my spirit to bring this out. We have weaponry, Paul. We have weaponry, Rick. And we need to employ these things daily, not weekly, not yearly. Every single day we need to get up and say, Lord, is my heart right before you? Is there junk that's crept in over the last few days and and, and all of a sudden the enemy is given legal access to devour that flesh? And the Lord just wants us to repent, and that closes the door. Repentance. That's why all through the Bible it talks about repent. Repent. Preach the gospel, you know, uh, preach repentance and seeking the gospel of the kingdom. So I really feel strongly to emphasize this to you gentlemen and and the listening audience, because we need to know this This is not my opinion. This is not Paul and Rick's opinion, um, saints. This is from the Bible and the Lord has given us the equipment if we choose. And one thing you know about HHC, we're talking a lot about choice here. It's there. It's available to us. Do we choose to pick up the weaponry the Father has given us to walk in victory? Or is are going to walk around defeated and just intellectualizing things and just go get some psychotropic drugs or, or, you know, lie on some, you know, psychiatrist's couch. No, there's more than that going on. So there's a couple of dynamics. We've got to always check our flesh daily and repent. And number two, be very, very aware of the spiritual warfare that is around us. So I hope that makes sense to us. I, I probably gave a lot in a little bit of time, but I'm hoping that we're edifying.
2: Hey, Jeff, I love your passion. And uh, I think you're hitting on some strong points here. Um, I like your analogy with the check engine light and identifying the behaviors that we're doing contrary to the kingdom. And I think that is one thing that um, fasting is all about. And fasting is a vastly misunderstood term, I think, probably because when we said, well, what the heck is fasting? We went to the Pharisees, and they told us what it is. You don't eat. Well, it's a whole lot more than just food, brothers. Um, When you identify these behaviors that are contrary to the kingdom of God, it's time to fast. And what fast means is you get away from those behaviors. You know, it's not just don't eat candy or don't eat, at all for a day. It's Don't do those behaviors that are keeping you away from the kingdom of God.
4: Yeah, it could definitely be both. Amen.
2: And, Rick, you've been kind of quiet. Let's hear something.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> I, I know I'm
3: having a little technical difficulty here with my, with my microphone deal. But anyway, I, I think I'd just like to remind everyone that uh, the, the term repent, and Brother Jeff uh, uses it a lot, A lot of people out there I know over the years, I've come to realize that they think of the term uh, of repent or repentance as more of an emotional, uh, having an emotional type of uh, definition, but actually the term repent is a a verb, it's an action word, it means that we, we have to stop whatever that was that we were doing that was contrary to God or doing that and then turn around and go the other way so it's not just an emotional thing that yes that's part of it but it's a verb it's an action word it means we have to do something turn around go the other way
2: amen yeah gregory talks about um how the change in the church and in the time of constantine came about where the the early christian church the first century church was a following the words of christ repent and or get baptized and repent and then constantine came about and he he uh just kind of left out the repent part so yeah come get baptized and become christians but you don't have to repent you can stay with the ways you have now and and i think that's kind of apropos to what we're talking about right now
4: yeah, there's, there's a fruit of repentance and as the bible says the messiah himself says uh, in the gospels you know a tree by its fruit. You know, an evil tree cannot bear good fruit, and a good tree cannot bear evil fruit. I mean, it really is that practical. And so I just encourage all of us, if there and again it's not it's it, it's it's discerning what is flesh and discerning what is um spiritual warfare or demonic um influences. There's there's like three Greek words um in the Bible um for like uh You know, demon possession, if you will, really represents demonization. Um, And it's very, very interesting. Demonization simply means not necessarily like I am fully 100, you know, 100% of my faculties are totally taken over uh, by a devil. It really represents demonization, which means, and and this is very, very interesting. When I studied this out several years ago, and get a hold of this gentleman. It's very, um, I think, enlightening to the level of our passivity. Now, get a hold of that. Say it's with anger. The level of our passivity with anger—say I'm 25% passive, or 50% passive, or 100% passive—it gives that much legal access for the enemy to come in and to oppression that area, and to um, it's almost like putting you know putting a ring in a bull's nose. So we gotta we gotta make sure we're not passive is the key.
2: All right, well, uh, we've run out of time. We've got lots more to discuss, and maybe we'll get another chance to do so. But uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and may peace be upon your house. Thanks, brothers.
4: Bless you. Thank you.
3: You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.
2: Thank you.